and welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, Industry Updates for the Modern Dairy Family. I'm Melissa Lima, your North Coast and Organic Field Services Rep, and this week we're excited to bring you our first bi-weekly episode featuring a market update with our economist, Tiffany LaMondola of Blimling Everag, followed by a sit-down we have with CEO Anya Radabad discussing some of the exciting stuff that happened in Sacramento this week as the legislative session for 2022 ended. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. If you have any questions about what happened during the legislative session that we don't address in this podcast, please feel free to reach out to Anya by email, anja at wudairies.com, and we will go ahead and jump right in with Tiffany. Pacific Gas and Electric is here to remind you that signs keep you safe. Sections of our natural gas transmission pipeline travel underground and beneath agricultural land. For the safety of you, your family, and your employees, pipeline markers are placed to indicate the approximate location of the pipe as a reminder to use extra care. Removing a pipeline marker creates a serious safety hazard. To have additional markers placed or report damaged or missing markers, please call your PG&E account manager or our Agricultural Customer Service Center at 877-311-3276. To learn more, visit www.pge.com slash agsafety. Remember, signs keep you safe. Hey folks, hope you had a great week. We saw the cheese market hold in the recent pattern we've seen of the last few weeks. We did gain two and a half cents on blocks for the week, up to 176.50. Barrels, however, lost two and a half cents to 185.75. So barrels remain above blocks again this week. We did get a dairy products report today. Seemed like plenty of cheese production in the month of July. We were up 1.1% year over year and up a half a a percent from June to July. Moving over to butter, uh, still some anxiety on the buy side in that market. We settled the week at 310 per pound up over uh, about two cents over over last week. And volumes were pretty active again, 19 loads traded for the week. Non-fat dry milk, we lost some ground this week, down four cents, back down to $1.52. A little more volume traded there as well, 18 lots. In today's dairy products report, we did see that manufacturing stocks did grow for the month of July. They were up 7.3% year over year and up over 6% from the prior month. So could uh, could explain a little bit of the weakness we saw in that market during July. Um, output was also decent, up 7.1% year over year. Uh, in that market, I think eyes are, will be uh, heavily turning to next week's global dairy trade event on Tuesday to see if we can see any signs of the global market um, maybe firming a bit. Uh, for now, things have, have remained pretty quiet, so uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that auction goes. Move it over to the grains. Uh, we did get corn crop conditions um, down again this week, 54% in good or excellent condition. That's down from 55% the week before and 62% on average. Soybean crop uh, was unchanged, 57% good or excellent. That compares to the average of 61%. Nearby soybean features slipped this week um, as prospects around South America's crop look pretty good. The corn market was mostly unchanged. I think macroeconomic conditions 
Um, and anxiety around international demand kind of keep uh, keeping a grasp on that market. Next week's pretty quiet in terms of reports other than the global dairy trade. Uh, we don't get another look at milk production or cold storage until later in the month on the 19th and 22nd. Please reach out if you have any questions. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with a relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. Excited to welcome back to the show Anya Radaba, Western United CEO. Welcome, Anya. Thanks for having me back. Of course, as promised for our members, you are here at the end of August session to talk about all the fun and exciting things that went down in Sacramento the last few weeks. So, um, good news, mediocre. Definitely, news. yeah. Hopefully, definitely no a lot of. There, no, I think that there's there's still a couple of things we're waiting on. Um, Landflex is one of them, which I've I've teased up a couple times. Um, but there there were so many things on the docket the last seven months that every agency that has some kind of executive power was kind of hauled into the capital at midnight, and things were worked on until I, don't, I think I want to say like two thirty or three a.m., which is constitutionally questionable. Um, but it was very early morning hours of September 1st where significant bills like climate measures, water, energy, labor legislation, all these things got, uh, you know, monkeyed with and changed. And there was a lot of vote, of vote trading. Um, so there were um, some massive votes that happened on the labor side uh, having to do with fast food workers. We can certainly talk about that. We can talk about card check. Um, which also passed and is now headed towards the governor's desk. But as a reminder to our listeners, everything that was passed in the legislature um, uh, in the early hours of September 1st, uh, is it has 30 days um, to be signed, vetoed, or ignored, which is essentially a veto, by Governor Newsom. So September 30th is when advocates, opponents, proponents can all take a collective sigh of relief and say one thing or another. But I certainly can talk about um, some of the things that affect the dairy farmers. I, we, we have a lot of ag colleagues in the capital. One might argue too many. Yeah. Uh, but I think that on that note, I don't want to take credit or victory for something that someone else worked on. Sure. I think that just ancillary things that affect uh, dairy farmers uh, are, you know, people are kind of waiting around with bated breath on some of this labor law, labor laws that happened. Um, one of them was essentially giving the state's fast food worker industry an opportunity to um, organize, to um, kind of seek uh, some additional labor platforms. Um, the California Chamber of Commerce called it the Workers Automation Act of right. 2022. Um, and these things are all, I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, heavy automation already happening just in the last few years as fast food industries had a really hard time getting employees to come to work, not unlike the dairy industry. Mm -hmm. So that is, um, you know, that is something that was pretty significant. There are, um, th the other one that we've stayed kind of away from is uh, AB 2020, 
uh, excuse me, 2201, uh, authored by Senator Bennett, that, um, excuse me, Assemblymember Bennett, my fault. There's only um, 120 that I have to remember on a given day. <laughs> um, so basically it would uh, provide more technical requirements for replacing a groundwater well permit. Sure. Um, it does add some additional layers of client compliance around Sigma. If you have an existing well, and we did get a livestock um, exemption in this bill, which is why Western and California Cattlemen's kind of backed off of it quite a bit. So basically if you're, if you're watering livestock, you're going to be expedited. You will not have to wait 30 days. Um, there, there's a couple of public disclosure requirements uh, that people are wanting. And it's mostly because of the groundwater well rush that happened in 2014. Yeah. After the Sigma passed, um, a lot of people have hurried to double, triple, or quadruple the size and depth of their wells. That did not go unnoticed. Um, and so this is definitely an effort to control that by the state. Um, and I will, I point, I will point out that, that if, um, a lot of the local ordinances and counties had been allowed to put moratoriums in, we would not have had the state coming in with this bill and putting it on it for us. But, um, that is something that a lot of the ag coalition, uh, really thumped their chest about, um, and it passed anyways. So, um, no, excuse me, this bill, it passed the assembly, but then it stopped in the Senate. So, okay. Um, there is so that again talking about vote trading this is really what happens in the last few hours of the senate is yeah. key you know you just you have to really give up on some things in order to pass other things and so assembly member bennett um, decided to pull the bill back from the senate because a, a senator pro tem atkins did not have the votes to pass it so you know this but that just means that it's held on suspense until january 2023 so, yeah. so this um, is something dairymen especially dairymen that have maybe separate cropland should really be keeping their eye on and thinking about absolutely um i think that a lot of the since about 70 percent of california's milk shed is in what's called a white area which means they do not have a lot of access to surface irrigation if any um those of them that are farming using groundwater well extraction definitely need to sit up but most of them have already because the local groundwater sustainability agencies that have been formed to enact sigma are they're really on top of this stuff. So, um, and that is a key uh, thing to point out that the GSAs had not offered any opposition to this bill, um, which some could contend that they feel like some restriction on flagrant groundwater pumping and drilling is, is, that's exactly what they're charged to do. So a lot of our farmers sit on those GSAs. And so I really took my lead from them. Once I got the livestock exemption, I was like, okay, we're, we're going to try to you know, we're actually going to try to comply with Sigma. So I think that, um, but the other big bill that I wanted to draw a lot of attention to, it's something that I've been on this podcast a lot recently in the last six months talking about is AB 558. So originally this bill was authored by assembly member Nazarian, who's an assembly member from Silicon Valley. Um, The original bill provided plant-based incentives, excuse me, incentives to provide plant-based alternatives to dairy and meat in the um, school nutrition program. And Western took some really active engagement steps. We um, offensively, we hired a nutritionist to essentially walk the halls of the Capitol. Um, You've heard her, Amy Myrtle Miller, um, looks like we're going to maintain her contract moving forward. 
Uh, but she was extremely helpful in building a strategy around science, around existing health initiatives. Um, President Biden has a tremendously huge education and health initiative that requires schools to contract for locally grown um, and protein-based sources. Right. Um, and in this moment, sourcing plant-based products or alternatives um, like you know the lab-grown meat none of those ingredients are local to even the United States. So importing a lot of that stuff from China was a huge talking point that we, I think we're able to convince a lot of uh, members of the legislature that that was a really bad idea. We also had some strategic partners, namely mm -hmm. the California Teamsters. The Teamsters swung very heavily for us on this. Um, and at the time where we had two key provisions in the bill, the, the one provision around providing plant-based alternatives was paired with increasing and expanding the free and reduced lunch school access, which I will remind our farmers, we benefit from greatly. We really benefit from expanding the school nutrition program because that means more beef and dairy purchases, essentially. It means a lot more cheese buys. It means a lot more um, class one milk sales. So these are things that in the background we had to parse out by saying we support the free and reduced lunch access piece. For we sure. do not support. We oppose that other piece about providing plant-based alternatives. So what ended up and happened about a month ago is um, due to some really tough pressure, um, we were able to negotiate with the author quite well to remove the piece about providing plant-based alternatives and keep the piece that incentivized educational agencies to purchase beef and dairy products, AB 558 today looks very, very different. It is only a bill now that increases food security in young children in California. It is only a bill that allows local educations to serve, you know, non it also serves non-age uh, school children. So like if you have an older sibling at home, a morning snack and a lunch. And so it also ensures that kids living in California have additional opportunities now to, grow, to enjoy California grown, uh, you know, minimally processed foods like dairy products, like cheese, like eggs, chicken, beef. And so um, the Teamsters rallied alongside us. Um, it's been quite the alliance and we were able to now come off of the opposed position. And today, Western United Dairies supports AB 558. A really and good so, example of how things in Sacramento are never black and white. And that we do have to, you, there a lot of politics and, and a lot of conversations are involved in these, these issues. Well, and we can't get, we can't, this is business. And we, I think that a lot of this stuff is, is kind of coaching our members, helping our board and our PAC team certainly gets it. But looking at every one of these as opportunities to allow beef and dairy products to shine. Um, and they always do. Like, this is the thing when you, when you put them up against something that's less nutritionally dense, more processed, um, it's a no brainer. And so understanding, you know, having, uh, the politics go the way they have um, has been kind of a masterclass in how to make sure that we are friends with everybody and that we don't, um, you know, alienate anyone in the Capitol because you just never know how yeah. it's going to go. And so Assemblymember Nazarian is retiring. This is his last stint in the legislature. 
And he was at the end of the day, able to get a really significant win for his district. Yeah. Um, even though it's not the ideology that he started with, um, he was able to walk out there on September 1st at 2.30 in the morning, knowing that he secured um, a very safe, affordable nutrition access program for his for in the entire state of California. And so finding the wins, um, I know people get really sarcastic about that. Um, mm -hmm. The ROI on, <laughs> on, on politics is often on the margins. You're not going to win these big slam hitter home runs ever. Nobody <clears throat> should approach it like that. You're always going to win on the margins. And so uh, we did more than that. And I'm proud of in this case. So today we are asking the governor to sign AB 558 the way that we have crafted, the way we have written, and the way we intend, which is to increase beef and dairy consumption. Absolutely. Well, it's exciting. It's a little bit nerve-wracking to get through those last hours of session. I know I had to send a couple emails out on um, Tuesday, and I was just like, oh, I know these aren't going to get answered right away. Um, Jason's really great about keeping us all in the loop, and obviously you're very engaged up there along with Amy and the team, but it is, it is a tense week and we hear a lot of stuff coming out of Sacramento this week that, you know, uh, opinions on this or this legislation or that legislation. And it's, it's all, um, you know, it's all buzz and talking points and what we really um, have to focus on are kind of the little wins and the little things we're doing there that make a difference for our producers. And well, and again, these are the winning on the margins and these little wins um, that translate to huge wins when yeah. it comes to the pocketbooks of our members. And I mean, I, I think I've said this before about this particular issue, um, but if we lose or even lose a moment on this debate around the school lunch program, allowing, you know, uh, the omission of beef and dairy products, that is going to sweep eastward across the entire country. And we knew, Western knew, that if we did not stop this in California, that you know dairy consumption was at risk across the United States and potentially across the world. So coming in, um, looking at the ideology of um, you know, some of these, these bill, or the original bill proponents who, by the way, are long gone at this point. And Nazarian, um, I think really enjoyed the support that he had from us to try to make this bill better. Um, and the original bill proponents, which was the plant-based food association is definitely horrified in this moment. Um, and they, you know, they, they dropped off the bill quite a while ago. So our bill now, AB 558 is one that really promotes, uh, locally grown California beef and dairy products. So we're really proud of the work we did there. And I just, you know, again, would always remind our members that, um, these relationships in Sacramento, um, from the outside, they can look, you know, they can look a little vacuous, they can look fake, um, but we're all trying to bring home a win. And if you leave, if you treat it like a transaction that it is, um, there's always a win there. So even though it may not feel like that in the beginning, um, it's, there's, there's usually some bright side there. And so we're really proud of this work. We're going to keep doing this work. Um, now that we have claimed this space and protecting the school lunch program, we're going to have to defend it. And um, every year I've mentioned this, the number of plant-based uh, nutrition bills continues to increase in terms of their offering. Um, if we let our guard down for a moment, they're going to find a weak spot and they're going to keep coming. One of the things that they did this year, they 
being the plant-based foods association is they tried to get everything to be referred to the education committee as opposed to the agriculture committee yep. we were able to get things double referred just to kind of put a stop on that but again uh, i will remind folks that this year's fall elections we are going to see over a third of the entire senate and assembly uh you know sure. cycle through yeah. And so uh, we are going to be running a brand new tour program starting in the fall, concurrent with our dairy leaders. Mm -hmm. So our dairy leaders, if you haven't applied, we're literally looking forward to your application because uh, we're going to set our dairy leaders to task this year yeah. of walking the halls of Sacramento and helping people understand that we're going to have, you know, 30 to 40% of the entire legislature that we're going to have to teach anew now about who we are, what we do, yep. why we farm in California, why we want to keep farming in California. And uh, so it's, it's a big job. Um, it's going to make this job look easy. So every year uh, we're just going to have to defend a space and I'm prepared to do that. Yeah, I think it's, it's a little nerve wracking, but I think it's exciting stuff and we get, you know, we're the first people they meet and the first voice they see when they get to the Capitol and they get to visit our farms and see um, what the hard work that our farmers are doing. It's, it's all good stuff. And we're going to be tired at the end of it, I think, but working hard. Um, and it, it, it always pays off for our producers in the end. So um, we hit a couple bills on you. We talked through a few things, but I think that we're going to open it up to producers. If you have questions about specific bills, as I mentioned, there's a lot of buzz around stuff and I've heard a lot of questions about how it might affect dairy farmers. Please reach out to us. We'll go through the specific bills and like how we think they may affect you or what Wood's position was. And um, yeah, we're always here to answer those questions and moving forward. If you'd like to open your dairy for a tour, please hit us up because that's going to be really important as you mentioned. So we're going to be bugging, yeah. bugging dairymen a lot. Yeah, I really, and I, I just can't say thank you enough to the dairymen and women who have opened themselves up to some tours um, every single legislator we've ever taken on a dairy tour has been there for us. Yeah. So it just tells you that the, the volume and the magnitude of, of, of impact that it makes on that person's mind. And these are people like deep East LA folks that we've taken out. Um, Johnny Verway held a, a really nice tour uh, last year for the attorney general, Rob Bonta. Uh, he looks at dairy completely different. Um, our, our, our stone cold Steve Austin, uh, Arlen Van Granigan up here in Galt has wonderful attendance because he's, yeah. you know, by default, one of the closer guys to Sacramento. So, um, but we, anybody that wants to host a tour, um, please reach out to me. I, I just, we will get people out there. Um, there's always a district near you <laughs> that could use some, even just the staffers, because a lot of times these bills are written by, you know, 21 year old staffers who were told on TikTok that veganism was cool and that cows are destroying the planet. So um, getting out to a dairy and seeing some of the regenerative practices that all of you, you know, work every day into your life, uh, it really changes their, their minds. Huge stuff. Well, thanks for joining us again, Anya. I'm sure you'll be back in a few weeks to, to go over the next issue that comes up, but we really appreciate having you and we'll, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Melissa. Have a happy Labor Day, everyone. 
Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above-ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above-ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off-site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. Thanks again for joining us for Seen and Heard this week. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Special thanks to Anya Radaba and Tiffany LaMandola. If you love what you're hearing on Seen and Heard, we hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And remember, you can always send questions, comments, or content requests for the podcast to mlema at wudairies.com. We'll see you in two weeks where we're excited to introduce some new staff members via Seen and Heard, and we hope you have a great week. While Western United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies' generous business sponsors, The Morningstar Company, Holt of California, Farm Credit Alliance, PG&E, Arata Swingle and Van Eggman, Yosemite Farm Credit, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, California Dairy Magazine, and Bennett Environmental. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com.